Green Living Guy here at the Main Street Pizza and Noodle, just watching the New Orleans Saints open up a can of whoop-ass on Brett Favre again. And you know what the irony is? Look who's right behind them. Jeremy frickin' Shockey, a former New York Giant. I hate that. Oh, God. And as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm really abhorring seeing him there. But you know what? Life goes on. Uh, we're going to talk right now about hats. Like you've never talked about hats before, people. So let me just give you, instead of doing the intro myself, I'm going to let the man himself give his intro and tell us about his hats, and then we'll continue this amazing conversation we're about to have about clothing and what's wrong with it in the world, not just in America. So hold on, guys. Three, two, one. (laughs) Hello, world. We're doing this live. (laughs) This is Isaac Nicholson coming to you from the uh, Main Street Pizza and Noodle here in Park City. We are chilling at Sundance, um, spreading the liberty love right now to a bunch of celebrity friends and uh, just reaching out and making new family for the sustainable mission here that we're on. So, uh, yeah, what's up, Seth? That's cool. Well, all right, so your clothing line is Liberty. Liberty Outer National, yes. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about your line. I think that would be helpful to listeners out there. All right. Um, Liberty Outer National is a lifestyle movement. It's about promoting sustainability in the world using the the sexy, hype, fun of fashion as the vehicle. Um, We've been doing it since 2002, and since the inception of the brand, virtually everything we've created has been uh, done using our own range of eco-textiles. We're working with our, our favorite fiber, hemp, and, you know, of course, blending that with organic cotton, uh, dipping into a lot of the recycled plastics that we have an overabundance of in this world and um, really mixing it up in a new way and trying to bring it to the people with some stylistic relevance, with some technical technical functionality and, and really making it fun uh, to learn about what it is to use sustainable products. And I think that's what's great about Liberty. I was just talking recently with... Uh the man, or I like to call him the man J.D., Josh Dorfman from Lazy Environmentalist. And we were texting and talking about stuff. And, you know, he it's funny because I have a, one of the sponsors that brought me here, uh, a clothing line called A Lot to Say, which is all 100% recycled plastic bottles, but it's got the, the words and, like, you know, it'll give all these philosophical things that we can be doing, but it's fact. And but Josh was like, but I like the kind of clothing that is just stylish, hip, fun, easy. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to think about it. I just buy it and do it. So, you know, this is also definitely for the ladies, the environmentalist fans out there as well. You know, and it's it's an easy connection to what we could be doing to go green uh, in a just easy, fun, good-looking way. I got one of these hats. I'm going to put it on a picture on my website on greenlivingguy.com so you guys can see how just it's like I went to another hat store and bought a cool hat and it feels no different than anything else. In fact, it feels better. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Tell me a little bit more about your mission with, with Liberty, please. Well, Liberty is a one love inspired brand since since its inception. So Along with being environmentally friendly, we're socially conscious and we're looking out for human rights on the biggest level wherever we go. Um, All of our manufacturing um, 
is is something that's really close to me personally. I go and check every new factory we engage with, and um, we go beyond just using the normal third-party uh, labor certification, environmental certifications to really, I want to be there and see firsthand um, that the people are being treated correctly, that the products are being made in a way that considers the planet and those who make it. And so the One Love inspiration is, is really extends all the way to the workers who, who do everything from grow the fiber to process it into textiles to cutting and sewing it into our t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, bags, accessory stuff. And um, like you said, it's about convenience. It's about making, uh, learning about the environment and, uh, and spreading eco-awareness. <laughs> as, e as easy as possible. We're doing this live from the uh, Park City Pizza and Noodle. And there's some youth in the background really upset about the future that they're inheriting, actually. If I was that child, I would be crying too right now because the, the, the planet that we're uh, leaving our kids and future generations right now is not the same one we were born into. Um, uh, you know, people from Generation XY, we've, we've been really fortunate to have clean water to swim in and drink, uh, relatively clean air to run around and breathe, and increasingly um, these things are not so, and our kids are, are coming into a world that, that needs to be treated radically different than it has been in the last 70 to 100 years. So that's, that's part of what we're doing. We want to let people know about the way we can change our lifestyles subtly to have a very big impact on the world we live in. Yeah, I mean, I, we are seeing what's happening with with climate change and, and and being here with climate refugees. Just interviewing Michael Nash, director of that, and just realizing how if we don't do something, it's going to get pretty awful pretty quick. And um, you know, I, I guess let's just lift the veil off of a big question that I guess people would have about your clothing line which is okay hemp what's up with that and why and what are you really trying to do here and all that kind of fun stuff and I guess I guess it's important for people to realize why you did choose hemp so if you can kind of get into why half of it is hemp uh, and half is organic cotton. Okay. Um, well, hemp is a long story, and, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there are familiar with hemp status in the United States. You know, in in the fabric of our culture and in the political arena, hemp has been stigmatized deeply, um, and it's it's been for a reason. There's been certain industries that have have looked to protect their their revenue stream um, by taking out something that's maybe more sustainable or easier to access for the, the common family farmer. Um, and I'm talking about big cotton and big oil and the pharmaceutical industry. Um, these are the things that are threatened by a plant that can grow literally like a weed with very little water, zero pesticides or herbicides or fungicides, and produce such a wide array of products. You know, fiber for clothing is is only a small part of what one hemp crop can produce. You can get building materials out of it, seed oil, nutrition products, 
the the list is literally in the hundreds or thousands of products that can come off of one one crop, and anything that's that's sort of that easy for the common person to stick in the ground and uh, and raise up, it presents a bit of a threat to established industries out there. And so that's the reason hemp is not as accessible in our country as it should be. And the reason we use it is strictly about performance and it being the optimal fiber for textile production. It's a longer, stronger natural fiber than any other natural fiber on the planet. It's more absorbent. It's naturally antimicrobial, meaning it stays fresher longer. It's mold and mildew resistant. Um, it's also highly UV resistant. And these are all the reasons that hemp was used in the sailing industry prior to mechanized boats. Um, all the sails, all the ropes, all the cordage used in the sailing industry was 100% hemp because it would not corrode and degrade in the way other natural fibers would from the exposure to UV and salt water. And um, it's, uh, it's a testament to hemp's strength uh, with those kind of roots. And, you know, we can take it all the way back to looking at the founding fathers, um, the fact that the, the people who set up this country um, grew hemp and it was America's biggest cash crop all the way up until 1935 when it was made illegal. And just recently, hemp's cousin, medical marijuana, became the nation's leading cash crop again. I think it was in 2007 was the first year that it surpassed all other crops in the United States as, as the leading cash producing crop. And uh, this, this is something, um, if we were to bring industrial hemp into the picture in the United States, it would create a multi-billion dollar industry. It would be the, the foundation and the cornerstone of a green economy in our country. And uh, for all these reasons we use and we promote hemp, it's, it's the softest, it's the strongest, and it's, it's fun to talk about because it's controversial. Yes, so it is. It is. here we go. <laughs> I, I, I jokingly say to people, it's it's another four-letter word. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. The H word. Yeah, the, right? Yes, yes. So it, you know, you got the F bomb, the S bomb, you got all these, but now we got the H bomb going on. How appropriate, right? <laughs> so I just, um, it, it is interesting that if it was industrialized, used in, you know, for like companies you know it, it, there's nothing wrong with you know that having small business create amazing cash crops but I, I guess one thing would be interesting is that what wouldn't it be funny if actually big corporations said you know what let's get Congress we paid them to I guess maybe <laughs> we probably paid them with lobbying funds back then in the 30s to shut it down maybe we should shut it open it back up again and then and, and 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 make it so that we can save our country on an economic and I'm not talking about it you know for anything more than an economical basis an industrialized basis and something that would help grow our economy while we're outsourcing everything I mean we're outsourcing just me saying hello to you <laughs> you know it's it's like it's getting really weird like that you know it's good. and and i think you know it's a shame and it should not be something whereby it's a right a red or a green issue a liberal or a conservative issue it should just be an economic 
green issue. And if we kind of elevate ourselves to that understanding of what it means to be green, but also that it's not just going green, it's saving green. It's about creating an economic opportunity for people, not just, you know, and it's all classes, all economic classes. Mm -hmm. So tell me now, which is another really interesting thing that I think I heard, uh, who you have very shortly about to launch and help and support your clothing line that you got I hear some a very eclectic crew of celebrity fun joining the parade to help you out so tell me more about that please I'd love to um, this is a bit of a sneak preview on something that's going to drop this fall 2010 um, we've been fortunate enough blessed to make the acquaintance of some really special people in the world of hemp activism and activism in general really um, and like you said Seth it's a pretty eclectic crew what we've got going here is uh, Willie Nelson Woody Harrelson and Ziggy Marley coming together to do a celebrity hemp line to promote industrial hemp um, in collaboration with Liberty International we're going to be helping design and manufacture the line and uh, it looks to be a way that we can really touch all corners of American culture and bring this this demonized, uh, amazing industrial crop back to the forefront of American agriculture. So it's it's a line called WWZ, and the move is really to liberate the sustainable American family farm and allow them to grow hemp again. Um, there's amazing support for this actually coming from very surprising places politically. You know, we've got two pretty strong Republican senators out of Texas who've sponsored a bill that's been under review in the Senate for quite a while now. It's probably going to die there, unfortunately, um, as many of the best bills do. But this is an amazing step forward in the right direction, and it shows that there is a support base for, for hemp. Um, from the most conservative and strictly economic viewpoint. I think that that's really important is that you're saying, and let me just hear you correct, you've got U.S. senators? Yeah, Ron Paul and another guy from uh, from Texas, two Republican senators. Well, Ron Paul's a congressman. He's a congressman. Um, we have actually two senators uh, in addition to Ron Paul okay. who've, who've drafted this bill. And it's been sitting um, now under review in the Senate since back in September, I believe. And they're, they're saying it's probably not going to make it out of there, but that it is the sign of things to come. And the, and the type of support that's now being sort of dug up within even really conservative space. So it does it does become an issue that transcends red and blue states or, you know, the green movement, any of that, it, it really is about revitalizing the U.S. economy and the U.S. ecology and giving the farmers the best rotation crop ever to bring American farms back to life again after many years of poor crop rotation, conventional chemical farming. We really need this um, on many levels. So it's it's exciting to see that the support is there from even the conservative side of our politics, and uh, we're feeling like in the next couple of years it's going to happen, um, especially after what we've seen in terms of the federal support for the medical marijuana issue. 
which ironically is leaps and bounds ahead of industrial hemp in terms of legalization on a national level. Um, I think all this is just leading toward the next couple of years we're going to see American family farmers again put the hemp seed in the ground just like we did on the front lawn of the DEA back in October. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, isn't that 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 I would that's a good college practical joke there, but hey now, they must be out. Uh, this is a legitimate uh, activist movement, actually. We went out and uh, it was a really well-orchestrated plan put together by David Bronner and the HIA, uh, the Hemp Industries Association. Um, they got a couple of really outspoken farmers, classic farmer guys from Vermont and North Dakota, talking third-generation farmers, um, who want to grow hemp. Hemp was grown on their farms back in the 20s and 30s um, and, and prior to that, and they want to be able to use this, this plant again in crop rotation. They want to be able to, again, get these massive uh, seed oil yields that they can get out of hemp. And um, so these guys came with us, and David Bronner and myself and Adam Eidinger, the spokesman for the HIA, and... Uh, these two wonderful farmers, uh, we went out and uh, with some ceremonial shovels early one morning, we went uh, and hit up the DEA headquarters in Lexington, Virginia and planted a lot of hemp. <laughs> and uh, it took, took quite a while for them to come out and actually shut us down. They didn't really understand what the hell we were doing out there. They were quote unquote sterilized hemp seeds, but you know, even when you sterilize hemp seeds, there's a lot of them that might make it through and actually sprout. So we're hopeful that after this spring uh, frost thaws, there could be a pretty large uh, hedge of hemp growing on the DEA's front lawn. But better than that, we, we managed to all get arrested. And uh, after a little time in jail, we, we made CNN and the Washington Post and a bunch of great media outlets and got some front page news going for the hemp movement. And, uh, really gave me a, a little taste of how how important and how fun activism can be and when it's put together right and when it's nonviolent and very thoughtful and when there's an edge of humor in the mix yes humor yes yeah it can be so powerful and i you know i really want to urge everybody out there listening to this to devise ways to in your local community take a stand but it, in a way that's not offensive or or violent in any way, in a way that's funny and informative and, uh, and more of a, uh, you know, a, an art, an art show or a, maybe it's a um, performing art piece that you do there at the city hall or something, but just let it be known that, that, uh, the, the U S public knows the truth and, um, we're not so caught up in our technology and we're not so in love with our, our new cell phones that, that we don't know the reality about our environment and our world and, and we're smart enough to stand up and let the rest of our community know that it's, it's time. Yeah, I, th I think it's, 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 it's very interesting to see this kind of, how do I call it, echo activism where you're connecting apparel to activist thoughts. Uh, you know, like with my you know, yours is definitely more subdued in the sense that it's it's you wouldn't know it unless you you knew what the what the thing was made of. But it looks hot. They're awesome. They're great to wear. They're fashionable. And and but 
it has a lot to say. And then, like, on my end, I came here with, you know, to do for to talk about green, but, you know, my sponsor a lot to say, uh, which is 100% plastic bottles, 60% less energy, no water, and made in the USA. And they've got these huge, great sayings on them. They have a lot to say because the Green Living Guy always has a lot to say. So it's the perfect marriage, you know. That's why, that's why we merged up, you know. So that was perfect. But then the other, you know, just so aware is, which is really cool, is that a geothermal company sponsored me to come here. Egg Geothermal out of, out of, out of Florida. The guy sponsored me to come here because he knew we could do something. So my campaign or my slogan for Egg Geothermal is Drill Baby Drill for Geothermal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, there's so much available uh, in, in the natural world in terms of energy supply, you know, in terms of incredible fiber, fuel, uh, nutrition crops, all these things that are being ignored and pushed aside. And, and really, the public is beginning to know the truth by and large. And I think that the time is coming that we're not going to be willing to sit by and, and allow things that we know are less efficient, more destructive, and, and you know, don't even smell or taste as good or, or look as good or feel as good. We're not going to let those things run our space much longer. I, I really feel that it's, it's about time people are going to step up and, and let it be known that there are alternatives. They're readily available. We're not, we're not a million years from the technology to harness the sun, to harness geothermal to grow hemp. In fact, it's all here. It's been here for a long time. I think that's a big thing, uh, you know, and that's very true, is that what I say about, even like with the, when I say about the electric car, we could be doing it today, uh, and now look what's happening with electric cars. Yeah. Um, you got all these technologies. Uh, I think the U.S. Department of Energy reported that you take 9%, no, 1% of the Sahara Desert and put solar panels on it, you could power the world. Oh, yeah. So it, 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 it just shows that there are things that we could be doing now. We don't have to wait uh, to literally make amazing, great environmental, social, and economic changes for the benefit of our country, our world, our civilization, and how we survive or don't survive as a, as a civilization. And it, we can do it as simple as by wearing a hat. How crazy is that, people? Just to buy a different hat and change the world. All right, and we're done with the screaming. We're done with the yelling. We're done with the football game. New Orleans, I guess, is going to the Super Bowl. The Green League guy's going to be out hanging out with the Liberties. Hanging out. We're going to go do our thing, and we're going to go tell everybody by me wearing the hat and Green Living guy saying, let's do this now. Not tomorrow, but today. And I think that you, as well as everyone else that I've been talking to in, in this movement here and, and, and in the green space, it's, it's what we can do today. And I, th I just applaud you for what you're doing. I applaud you for trying to get the word out, not being afraid to take risks and chances for the sake of activism. For, and, you know, it's activism that has propelled our, our, our consciousness forward in this civilization. And I think that the more that people do question and talk and educate, the better off we'll be as a people. And, and how great is it as 
I could just say the screen living guy, dude, I'm just changing my hat and I can change the world. So for the guys that doesn't want to still want to see whatever or do this or do that, okay, buy a hat from Liberty. Do yourself a favor. Doesn't cost a lot of money and it looks good. The chicks will dig it. Or if you're a girl, the guys will dig it. It's all good. It looks great. Pop in colors. Just do the right thing. Green Lumen Guide saying out because we're out of here. Before the waiters kick me out and say, dude, you're gone. Bye-bye. Have a great night, guys. Live at Sundance. Checking it out.